In a world of EMS podcasters, EMS Office Hours is the only live podcast bringing you the latest topics and opinions in EMS. Turn down your scanner and turn up your speakers as we join Jim Hoffman and Josh Knapp on their latest EMS podcasting journey. Hours. This is Jim Hoffman. And this is Josh Knapp. Uh, Josh, um, don't forget this episode is sponsored by EMS Manager. Uh, go check out their uh, easy-to-use innovative software. You can get a free trial of it over at emsmanager.net, and I'll talk a little bit more about them later on, but I want to get that out there, so anybody uh, might want to go check that out real quick. Um Tonight, I don't think we're going to have Dave with us. I think Dave is uh, taking a, a break tonight. Um, and I think next week, though, Josh, we do have a, a, a show coming up that I'm looking forward to with um, talking about what? Uh, um, aphasia. Aphasia, with, right? Yeah, with a former partner of mine, a, a young guy who was on the road to uh, becoming a doctor. Uh, he was a critical care paramedic I work with. A uh, very bright guy, very well liked, and he had a, um, unfortunately he had some surgery that didn't go right, and it actually left him with a CVA and wow. uh, permanent uh, aphasia. So, you know, instead of just sitting there and moping like so many people would do, he decided to make it into something and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, represent these people who are very misunderstood in the public eye. Right. So it should yeah. be interesting. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to actually set that up uh, kind of early so that uh, we can try to promote the the link and and get it out there and maybe get some people marking their calendars, you know, mm -hmm. um, for it. So uh, hopefully that'll that'll uh, come to pass. Yeah, that's, that's going to be a pretty cool episode, I think. Um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, let's see what's going on. Let me see. Let me see. Well, one thing I do want to—I I do want to say—I'm um, not locked into the topic tonight because actually I made this topic up, and uh, based on something that went on earlier in the week, and other things have caught my eye along the way since then. So I think we might drift around a little bit. So, um, but the, the one thing uh, last week I kind of started bitching about. You know, a uh, member of mine had said about the restraining patients and it wasn't necessary. It's sort of that attitude of, of um, you know, that you know, additional training is ridiculous, not needed, you know, things like that. And then pretty much to kind of almost give me further faith in, you know, uh, EMS and, and my members and, and what's going on. I had a member, Chad, sent me a nice, uh, a nice little... Um, story, sort of from the perspective of, of, a, of a patient that we've all had, you know, in the past, and and sort of a reminder of our role in, in some of these patients that we have, and, you know, not this not one sort of emergency, just sort of the type of guy who, you know, lost his spouse and then ended up having a stroke in a nursing home. It's, sort of nice, it's like sort of a nice long story. I actually said, you know what, I'm going to post this over on my Facebook page. 
And it really took off on our Facebook page, man. I mean, I got over 32,000 people who saw the post. I had um, 344 people like it. I had about 70 comments, uh, 300 shares of it, you know. So mm-hmm. it definitely... Sounds pretty good. Yeah, definitely one of the more popular um, postings that I've had on Facebook. And, and everyone that commented and that shared pretty much all say the same type of thing, that, you know, this is the type of thing that we have to think about, you know, this sort of story, um, you know, uh, regarding uh, the patient. And, you know, like I said, the, he wrote it from the perspective sort of of the patient where, you know, the guy had a spouse, and the spouse passed away, and then he, you know, shortly afterwards had a had a stroke, and then couldn't take care of himself. The family abandoned him, put him into a nursing home, things like that. And then at one point, talks about uh, he has a doctor's appointment, and he has the EMT, and this this guy's highlight now because he's going to be able to see somebody outside the nursing home, and maybe talk to somebody normal, uh, other than his screaming. Uh, you know, Alzheimer's uh, neighbor, and all the EMT did was, you know, kind of sit in a chapter's chair and ignore him, you know, and and just sort of kind of opens your eyes to the fact that sometimes patients, you know, you might think that they're not getting what's going on, you know, or what's going on in their head based on what you're what you're doing or what we're not doing, you know, his idea of, you know, he, you know, saying, you know, am I really that bad, you know, for them to be talking about so, me like that, you know. Wait a second, wait a second. I missed a, a part. The, the When he was excited to be with, you know, to just be transported by right. somebody yeah, outside, right. exactly. and the guy basically treated him like a slab of meat. Right, pretty much, you know, put him in there, did the paperwork, didn't engage him in any sort of, any sort of, um, you know, engagement or whatever. Um, and then on the way back, uh, oh, and the one part was, it was one part of the story where he noticed the two EMTs, uh, the driver and the guy in the, in the tech were, were complaining about who was going to stay with him in the back of the ambulance type thing. And, and all, all they really, no one they really talked to was, each other through the small window between the, the driving area and the patient compartment type thing. Right. Um, you know, and he sort of ends it with, you know, we've all seen this patient, there are a lot of stories like this, and to try to put yourself where they are, to be kind, to talk to them, try to make them smile, you might just be the highlight of their day. Um, there's many patients in nursing homes that never get a visitor other than us, you know. Um, and whether it you're, you know whether we get there because of choice or it doesn't make a difference to the patient you know if we got that we got we got that shuck job or not you know what I mean um, they're looking at it as someone is there for them and he just kind of ended with try to be kind to these types of patient and that being a transfer or inter facility sort of EMT or paramedic can be a lot more meaningful than a lot of people uh, think. And, I, and like I said, I got a lot of great feedback from that story, you know. And I appreciate and and my 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 thing comes back around because it kind of goes around to tonight's topic of of having a passion for EMS and not just going through the motions and, and thinking about this type of interaction that we have and how we can affect, you know, uh, patients, even the patients that are the even if patients that we get as 
interfacility transports. I mean, a lot of agencies out there run 911 and interfacility sort of combo. You know, a lot of places yeah. like that. You know what I mean? So you might get a job and you're thinking you do all 911. I worked at a place um, at one point where it was primarily 911. Then when you got a shop job, you got a transfer job, it was like the biggest pain in the ass. You know, because oh my, oh my God, I'm not here for that. And but then you sort of you start realizing that well, you know what, this is part of the job, and it is a, a component of of EMS. You know, um, and you end up having to either again having a passion for EMS and having a a um, dedication to your employment or, you know, you're there for yourself type thing. You know, you're there to just get the paycheck, um, you know, looking to move on to another job, another career, another profession, um, kind of biding your time, you know. You know, what a tough way to do it. I mean, there are easier jobs to have, honestly, for the money. Well, I think I think the one thing I think EMS offers people is some a, a, a certain amount of flexibility, especially with school. You can work nights and go to school during the day, you know, full time for the most part. You know, um, you know, a lot of places work twelve hour shifts, even twenty four hour shifts, where you can uh, you're not working seven days a week. You know, so you get a little bit of flexibility from that. I think that's a, a little bit of an attraction. For, for people that are that are looking to sort of, um, you know, use it as a stepping stone of, of sorts. Um, you know, uh, I got to say, I, you, there's really, there's not a lot of discourse in this one today, Jim, because I, I sort of am in the same mind. You know, there are people Which out one? there that uh, basically, you know, seeing that there are, the people out there who are engaged, uh-huh. who, you know, address their patients as people, you know, can put themselves, can empathize, can put themselves in that position or, you know, at least have um, a consideration for what the other person is going through. It's, you know, I just, I just came off of the New York City Marathon. You know, uh-huh. you know that I've worked this race uh, since I've been in EMS, um, well, no, uh, actually not quite since I've been in EMS, but as soon as I could get into, you know, doing something like that, and um, but certainly since I've been in it for worked the last ten races, so a little bit, not quite as long. I don't know. I'm a little bit uh, shot at what this you, point. Fucking time thing going on? Yeah, I do. I do. I'm just going to go back and go back, been, go back well, an hour and, and run well, away. Well, you're, you're, you're I jump out of bed and uh, I'm, I could have gotten an hour of sleep. So I'm, uh, I'm short an hour of sleep. I'm uh, uh, half a Vicodin along the way uh, to some pain relief for my back uh, and uh, 12 hours uh, taking care of 2,000 people. It's not an easy job. What kind of call? What kind of you normally get with that, Josh? Do you normally see just as a sidebar here? What kind of patients do you see normally? Like your average stuff, not the people that might have a heart attack or something, but oh, there was there was a couple of those. Uh, um, somebody, one of I have to talk to one of my crew because they were uh, they were on the other side of the park. They picked up a woman who had collapsed, uh, and they said they I know there was a reach out for contacting next kin, so mm-hmm. it was not a good scene. Uh, I don't know what transpired of that, but, uh, you know, we might hear about it in the news. 
Um, but the majority of the patients are, um, uh, um, what's it called, EAC, which is um, uh, exercise attributed collapse. I have that. You know, uh, I sometimes feel that way, but not quite the same as running 26 miles. But essentially what happens is, you know, for most of these people, they run across the finish line and they stop. And uh, they're really trying to design the race so people keep on moving, keep on moving. But you get jammed up in the metal collection and the blanket area and stuff like that. And so people stop running. And what happens is their legs, you know, which have been running and conditioned and fully dilated, all the blood's flowing, you know, all of a sudden don't need it anymore. And they pool. The blood generally pools. And they basically syncopize because uh, they have you know, uh, it's, a, it's a hemodynamic instability. Mm. And that's essentially the, the, most frequent, uh, the most frequent cause for a person uh, shutting down. Uh, that and they cross the finish line and then they stop and then their legs start cramping up. And, you know, today it was really rough. I was trying to advise everybody to grab extra Mylar blankets and they give those out like uh, toilet paper. I mean, there's like a giant you know, 500-foot rolls, and there's uh, cases of 500-foot rolls of Mylar blankets for the finish line. And uh, all the uh, – I was on a gator unit, and what we were doing is we were scrambling up and down the race course, picking up the people who had fallen after, the, uh, after they finished the race. Very few, you know, only a couple of calls before the uh, mile marker. But I'm at the finish line, so if you've made it – 25 miles, 20, you know, you're pretty much going to make it to 26 mile. Now, do they, do they set up stuff along the race, you know, the, the you know, first aid tents or, or whatever along the, along the way type thing? My God, yeah, yeah. There's probably, uh, there's, there's a water station every mile. There's a uh, medical tent every mile. Uh, the medical tent may be nothing more than a couple of uh benches and a place to sit and adjust your shoes and get blisters or, or put on some Vaseline. Mm -hmm. But um, really, truly, uh, at the end, uh, we have a full, uh, we, we, it's not quite a trauma bay, but it's a full uh, race-related trauma. You know, the, the trauma that you can induce from the races, whether it be um, overuse fractures, uh, hypothermic, uh, hyperthermic uh, conditions, um, you know, they, uh, you're going to love me, they were all running around with the iStats. Um, because essentially, you know, one of the troubles is, you know, people drink too much water. And they've been, you know, it used to be the, the idea was that if you fainted, well, you didn't have enough fluid in your body, so you needed more fluid. But what was really happening was they had an um, uh, electrolyte imbalance. It's called hyponatremia, where you're uh, drinking too much water and you get rid of uh, your salts. Mm -hmm. And so that's really why they have this chemical test, chemical blood test. And essentially before you get, um, before you get um, a, any fluid, before an IV is started, you have to get uh, this test. Uh, and, you know, the beds, the, these things are 2,000, uh, you know, not 2,000, a couple of hundred feet long by a hundred feet wide, these medical tents. And we were shuffling between uh, three or four of them at the finish line. They're literally four 
or four tenths right at the finish line. So it's quite quite a thing. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of, of uh, logistically, you know, for EMS to it's uh, the biggest mass have to handle that type the, of thing. You know, it's the biggest organized mass casualty or potential mass casualty incident uh, in the world. Yeah. You know, I mean... It's, it's funny, the, the, you know, place, one of the places that I worked, uh, they were planning on putting one of those big sort of uh, concerts up where they were talking about having you know, 50 to 100,000 people over a three-day um, time frame, and they expected this agency that was small, only running three ambulances, to handle it. Yeah. You know, and they were like, well... We, At a concert. Yeah, there's no way we can handle it. Oh, yeah, but uh, we're going to have it anyway. You know what I want to... I want to... I know I'm such a hippie. I want to go out to, uh, what is it, uh, Nevada Desert, New Mexico Desert, where they do Burning Man? Uh-huh. I'd love to. I'd love to be EMS out there. Yeah, what it's got to be a trip. Do mushrooms. Um, no, they do Burning herbs. Man. They do, they do everything. They that's, do everything. That's the lingo. Is it? I is can, it only shrooms? I can. Do I would lingo. be disappointed. I don't do shrooms. I can do the lingo with that. No, uh, no that's uh, actually no. It's good information, Josh. I, I think it's 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 sort of an eye opener for people that don't. Um, get exposed to that type of thing that often, you know, because you've got to, nowadays on top of the uh, the minor injuries and the patients you see in, in an event like that to, like you said, people that actually collapse and things, you've always got that constant threat of uh, some sort of, you know, terror attack or something or... or um, yeah, it was pretty locked down. I mean, uh, they went a couple blocks out from the park and all the way around the park. You know, you really couldn't move uh, unless you had uh, plates or a patch. Um, they weren't letting you through. And uh, I gotta, I gotta tell you, uh, you know, circling back to what you were saying about being involved in EMS, there's a we have 1,800 volunteers, uh, medical, not. I mean, there are there are many many times that for the entire race, from people who just volunteer to cheer people on. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and really truly for the marathon, you don't get nothing. I mean, you know, for the triathlon, at least if you volunteer, you get an entry into the race if you if you want it. So one of the ways the New York City triathlon has gotten so competitive now that they've gone to a lottery system like the New York Marathon. But instead of being run by the roadrunners, they said, if you volunteer, you can get into the race, which is kind of nice. And they also give first responders uh, uh, a uh, guaranteed entry if they want. Um, but the, the New York City Marathon gives you nothing, nothing. You get a T-shirt. So, um, but... You know, a lot of people are in it. They want to volunteer and they want to do it, and they uh, and they um, they're out there cheering on people, picking up garbage, uh, or you know, attending to medical needs. Um, anything from fixing blisters to massaging sore joints to you know, full medical doctors and pharmacists. So they have they have everything. I mean, it's kind of uh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I, I just sent you a link, Josh. Take a quick look at that uh, thing. I, I sort of on on Facebook. It's, it's a little bit past Halloween, but um, I actually caught the Park Slope ambulance. Oh, that's um, great on there. 
and they had like zombies coming out of the back of the ambulance and I was like, look at this shit. And I, 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 you know, I played it to, to take a look and see what it looked like. And it's only the very beginning, really, to have the ambulance thing. But it's funny because they have these guys that come out of the, the ambulance and they, they, they carry, I see the little they carrying, they carrying the stretcher. Yeah, you know, yeah. As zombies and you know, walking like zombies as they carry the stretcher. Um, <laughs> Great. I can just imagine the people, you know, kind of seeing that. It's, that go it's, on. Yeah, it's freaking great. I have to, I'll have to post that. Yeah. Uh, but I got to, you know, but circling back to your thing about being engaged, when you walk into these medical tents, you have all these people who are medical volunteers. You can sort of see the people who want to be there. You know, they're in there with the patients. They're on their, they're, you know, they're kneeling on one knee because all of the stretchers, all the cots are basically these surplus army, army cots. Mm -hmm. So people are six inches off the ground, but their, you know, legs are elevated or they have IVs or somebody's listening to lung sounds. And then you have five medical students standing there with their frickin' hands in their pockets. And I just want to slap them in the head. They're students. You know? They're learning. Learn by doing. You know, you're in the one-time environment where you really get to play, play. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. and that's, that's, you know, that's the other thing. You know, when you talk about EMS, you sort of get those people who are, you know, burned out from the first second they sit on the ambulance. You know, the ink isn't dry on the car yet. They're a burnout. They can't be bothered doing anything. And I think that's... And then, I think that's a lot of that time is because they feel that's what they have. That's the they feel that's the attitude they have. Them to have. Cool. Yeah, to be cool. Uh, that's the attitude they have to have to sort of be accepted. Um, you know, I mean, listen. It, I think a lot of people, you know, kind of have that attitude. And it, the other, the other side, the other, you know, end of it is being um, too sort of, uh, I guess. So why do they call it stay or play? What? Why do they say stay or play? Because you can stay and work on the and and but play. But is it working or is it playing? I'll try a little of this. I'll try a little of that. What are you talking about? Those are about people's mindset and the patients. It's not the patient's mindset. It's the provider's mindset. But what I'm saying is the whole concept of playing is like fun. You know, hey, I get to do something. I'm going to do something. For this patient, I'm going to try something. Plain, right? Isn't yeah. it a way of looking at the job? Yeah, I guess. I guess. You know, if you got in, if you got to go to work every day and play, wouldn't it be a whole lot more fun to go to work? And I know there's a lot of guys out there, a lot of girls out there on the bus who think that's what it is. I love getting up every morning and going because I get to play. I just, I, you know, I just, I actually just talked to a guy the other day who said to me that, you know, he, he loves EMS and he gets out of bed every morning excited to come to work because it's, he loves the job. He's, you know, he loves it, the, what he does, you know. Um, it's just so... Uh, and I think that's a part of it, Josh. I mean, it's, it is that mentality of people that are engaged, that are, you know, into the, the profession, that are doing things to make it better. I mean, and think about making the profession better. I mean, some people are like, you know, well, I'm not going to affect any change in this in this industry. You know, um, they're not really but, interested in it. But, but they are interested in changing themselves. 
you know, that they're taking more classes, they're seeking out more training, they're applying it to the patients that they come in contact with, they're, they're talking to their partners about it, um, you know, talking to their managers about it, their medical directors about it, the ER docs, whatever. Um, and in some way that can, that can, you know, promote change in the industry just a little bit. And that's something I always try to tell people, uh, you know, my emails and things like that is, is that, you know, little things like that and being, being, um, uh, uh, dedicated and seeking out this knowledge and seeking out the training and stuff like that, it does sort of show, you know, that you can make some sort of change in, in, in the profession because other people that see you doing it, you know, see the, the benefit when they see how much more you know, how much more you understand when you're conversing with patients, when you're speaking to doctors, when you're doing your paperwork, when they see you in, in other uh, continuing education uh, environments, how you're the one that seems to be sort of on the ball with what's going on. You know what I mean? Um, as opposed to the ones, people that just kind of go through it, they do the minimum of everything, uh, you know, because, like I said, because EMS is, to them is just a stepping stone. It's it's uh, just another, you know, rung in the ladder to where they want to go, you know. And yeah. I guess it's okay to do the that. The road to hell is paid for good intentions. I mean, listen, you know what, you can... Uh, We've talked about this before, and I guess it's okay. It's, it's every everybody has their own goals in life, you know, to do. But um, I think it's it's hard for those of us that are um, I hate the word I hate to say the word lifer, but those of us that are you know dedicated to uh, EMS and the patients and and try to learn more and try to you know accomplish more. Um, it's frustrating to us to see the people that are just here temporarily, you know. And some people here temporarily because they don't know it, you know. Some people get into the get into it, and they decide, you know what, this isn't for me. Um, I want to do more. They go to be a nurse, so this isn't for me. And, you know, I'm not really into the whole patient care stuff. And they go in a totally another profession altogether. You know, some people come into it, and they don't realize that it's not going to be for them. So and that's fine. So then they hear. The accidental tourists. Yeah, they're waiting until the next thing comes along. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So, um, to me, some of them, they don't get an, an attitude of, um, you know, some of an attitude where they don't give a shit anymore because they're only here temporarily. Then it's fine by me if they're only here temporarily. Some of they still do the job they're supposed to do. They don't get an attitude. They don't um, mistreat patients or, or put you know, the, their partners themselves at risk for anything. You know, and even the last part of putting people at risk or mistreating treating the patients, I mean, that's a whole, there's, there's skill involved in all of that. And I, I think what maybe better framed the, what you were saying is intentionally. Because, you know, even the tourists, um, you know, can do the job, may not do it with um, um, enthusiasm, but they can go through the the process. Yeah. Um, I think the other um, – I completely lost my train of thought. You got to multitask. Yeah, well, no, you sent me – yeah, I'm sorry. You sent me the ah. – uh, right, go ahead. Bring them in. 
Yeah, well, I was I was saying I wanted you to bring a put a period on the end of you, your thought because I yeah. wanted to be, so we have a caller, so I want to bring somebody in and see what we got here. Hey, caller, how you doing? Where you calling from? Oh, hi, Jim. It's me, Tina. I was actually just trying to listen to you guys while I'm oh. working. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, and, uh, I was told to uh, call into the number so I could just uh, listen instead of trying to be tied to the computer. <laughs> oh, I got you. I got you. So you want, me to, you want me to mute you then so you can just listen on the phone? Is that what you want to do? Yeah, yeah. Just go ahead and, go ahead and mute me there. All right. Yeah, you only have to hit one if you want to talk to us. If you just want to be a voyeur and, and watch right. and well, listen like yeah. a creeper, listen. then you can just, yeah, yeah. it's on the phone. That's all right, Tina. That's, that's not a problem. I, 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 Tina's so, one so. of our active people in the chat room, and we'd yeah. love for it. Thank yeah. you. Exactly. Josh, I want to, we're at the midway point, and I don't know how long the show oh, is going to go. God, how things, time flies. Yeah. I'm exhausted. So I don't want to. I don't want to, um, just in case the show doesn't go the full hour, I do want to, I would do want to talk a little bit about the sponsor since I've been running a little late the past couple of shows talking about EMS Manager. So um, it's going to take a quick break here and um, talk about uh, EMS Managers. So uh, let's just hang tight for a second. Sounds good. This episode of EMS Office Hours is sponsored by EMS Manager. They've consistently been helping EMS agencies save time and energy with their innovative web-based software for staff scheduling and management. There's a mobile web app accessible from smartphones and other mobile devices with an easy-to-use web interface viewable from anywhere on the Internet. You can check your own schedule and managers and staff can oversee, manage and make changes to employee schedules from anywhere. Captain Chris Eaton from Springfield Township Fire Department, Springfield, Ohio, says EMS Manager has cut our scheduling time nearly in half. It's allowed our trades to be monitored more efficiently and cut down the headache of scheduling dramatically. Nate and the entire staff have been prompt in answering our questions and correcting any problems that have arisen. Great system. It's affordable, too. Pricing for EMS Manager is based on the size of your organization and because it's web-based, your employee schedule and software is located in the cloud, meaning there are no local additional IT costs to worry about. And there's always free training, free tech support, and free system software updates. If you want this for your system, check out the free customizable trial of EMS Manager at emsmanager.net. I want to thank EMS Manager for sponsoring EMS Office Hours, and other shows from the ProMed Network. EMS Manager is proud to support EMS providers and managers through the sponsorship and the support of what we do. Show your support for them. Take a few minutes and sign up for the free trial at emsmanager.net. Show them that you appreciate their support by trying out the software. Visit emsmanager.net for Aladtech's EMS Manager for Online Employee Scheduling and Workforce Management. Let them know you heard it here on EMS Office Hours. This is Paramedic Elvis Redding from California, and you're listening to the EMS Office Hours Podcast. All righty. Um, what I wanted to uh, talk about next, Josh, Go. Is another juicy thing I saw on the I face. just have to say here, 
since this is not a really in-depth show and we're really not grinding into it and I'm not having an argument with Tim, that I have, I have the cutest dog in the whole world. Yeah. Okay. I'm just saying that right now, right here. Well, send me a picture. If you have any picture of the dog, and I'll put a picture of the dog on the blog post. People love oh. people love dogs. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I can do that. Yeah. Um. I, apparently, in the chat room, my Vicodin comment got a uh, yeah. bit of. Um, yeah. I got. Uh, yeah. No, I've had it so often I don't slur anymore. I want to give. Um, I want to give a uh, uh, shout to emergency medical services on Facebook too. They. Uh, uh, reposted the post for tonight's show, so I appreciate uh, nice. doing Thank that. Thank you, Berlin. Yeah, I love when I love when people support us on the, the show. The guy who does that is a young doctor, now in Arizona, mm-hmm. and he was from Washington. And uh, I've been trying to get him onto the show, but he's shy. He doesn't think he has anything important to say. And I say, you know, come on, we do it 52 weeks a year. When do we say something important? I mean, it's it's only about EMS. We're just a bunch of ambulance drivers. What could be important about that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> next, thing, next thing I'm going to talk about here, and this might be the last thing for the night, I think. All right. Um, I don't know if you saw it on Facebook or not, uh, but the new thing that's out, experience the first of its kind, direct to medic program. Oh, my God, I saw that. Holy yeah. shit. They will be accepting six students into the new comprehensive 20-month program. Applicants do not have two, applicants need not have any prior EMS experience or training. Students will participate in, a, in an extensive and rigorous program to achieve certification as both New York State Emergency Medical Technician and paramedic. Um, now, i got to ask something. February coming up. I got to ask something. What's new about that? Honestly, what's new about that? They've been doing that for years. I so, guess because it's it's own one. I, they're kind of you know you're right. In, in some ways, there's no pretense. Yeah, they they instead of instead of telling somebody, well, in order to be a paramedic and go through the 12 month, 14 month program, you have to be an EMT first. They're doing the EMT thing with it. You know what I mean? So it's 20 months, you're going to be, you know, part of the training is going to be EMT, and then it's going to be paramedic, and they're probably somehow or another sort of, um, maybe they're merging everything together in some way, although I don't know how they would do that, because they do have to follow the curriculum uh, for EMT before they can get to the paramedic. I don't think they can kind of mesh it into one. Um, I've been thinking about getting a hold of... You take your head and put it in a vice. Yeah, I, I want to reach out to the uh, people that run this thing. A, a couple of them uh, I'm, I'm familiar with and, and friendly with these people. So I might uh, reach out and see if they may want to come on the show and, and talk about it a little bit and discuss how it's different, you know? Well, that would be cool. Yeah. I mean, you know, how would they know how it's different from the person who went into to, let's say, a, a two-year associates that basically runs you through the EMT program and then uses, you know, the other 18 months and runs you through a medic program. Right, right. 
That's what I'm saying. I don't know unless they have unless the actual curriculum is different and the way that they're they're doing the training is, is a little different. They kind of you know like when they do A and P, they're not doing the A and P at the EMT level, and then you know uh, when the EMT is over, they do it again at the paramedic level. I do it once. You know that encompasses the curriculum for EMT and paramedic. I don't you know. know what I mean. Yeah, might be something. But, you know, it's like we discussed this, what, three years ago? I, I remember this show. Um, we basically talked about the people who, how long do you have to be an EMT before it's okay to be a paramedic? Mm. And and do you recall that? I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a common, common thing. Right. I mean, I, I, mean I, I got crap when I went directly after I had become an EMT. I was working as an EMT. I was being paid as an EMT. And then I went to medic school. And let me tell you something. Kudos to anybody who does that because that's a, one of the hardest things I've ever done. You work full-time and then you do a full-time sure. uh, program. I did it's a one-year program. Yeah, I was yeah. EMT. I was EMT for three years and then went to medical school. And, right. You no, know, then I was working as an EMT. You know, my choice was refresh huh? or pass the medic. Right. That was handy with me. Like I, I actually turned it the same way, where it was like, okay, I'm going to do this, and then by the time my search <laughs> over, when you, when you took the medic exam, did you sort of make sense to yourself and said, well, if I don't pay, pass the medic, at least I'm still I'll still be an EMT. Still have a job. Right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah, some, yeah, you know, it's, it's funny because some people, they have all their eggs in one basket, you know, and they, they're counting on passing that medic, you know, to get a job or get employment. You know, it's it's it's, it's tough for them, you know what I mean? So. Or they do it to themselves again. When How about when they're, like, you know, in New York State, you have to take the MAC. How about guys who oh, wait yeah. or or even the state exam? They, they, they're working and they their card's going to expire, and lo and behold, you can't take the state exam because it's not being given that month. Yeah. You know, you're screwed. You're out of your job. I mean, come on. You know, there's some management there that, you know, career management that needs to be reexamined. Right. But I had a friend of mine, you know, who was in the MAC with me this uh, this um, last month when I took it. it was, yeah, last month, my God. Just a few days ago, right? Um, and he had he had the 1st of November, you know, Talk about down to the wire. Yeah, I did that. I, I, I you know, I, I humped the pooch myself on that once. Yeah, right? you did, didn't you? The New Jersey, New York crossover that I did and ended up for weeks. Ended up, um, you know, missing the missing a deadline for a refresher class, and and you know. And you, of all people, I was most surprised because you write the frickin' test. I know. It's it's, it's you know. Let me tell you something. It's pretty uh, pretty embarrassing to myself to have you know to to screw that one up. But Good listen, enough. what are you going to do? Good, it, yeah. it, it happens, you know. But yeah. you know what? Like anything else in this this business, I've learned is that you don't you make a mistake, or and most of the time you don't repeat it. Unless and think of all those wonderful memories you had from New Jersey. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, the things that really changed, like, you know, they only called, the EMTs only called you if it was really important. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, it's funny, I just some guy on Facebook had, had uh, tagged me because he said um, he was working with one of one of my ex-partners from New York, and he was, was telling him stories about me. 
you know. I, I <laughs> and he was like, yeah, it sounds like Jimmy. Yeah, I'd like to be a fly. And I was like, you know what? I said, I said, what story? And he mentioned part of the story. I said, oh, I said, okay, you know what? I said, um, me a culpa. That's another. That's a. That's another Jimmy. Yeah, I am a kinder, gentler Jimmy now. I see. Okay. And I, I believe that. And two fifty, you'll get me a ride on any subway. Hey, listen. <laughs> it, it, it wasn't a it wasn't a patient thing. It was a, 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 a non tolerance partner thing. Oh yes, and you are the master of tolerance. You I are am. filled with tolerance. I am with, full of tolerance. Yeah. Yes, you are. Actually, second, I change my middle name to tolerance. <laughs> I I can only say the Vicodin must be kicking in at this point because I'm agreeing with you. I'm a little whoopy. Uh, actually, well, it was, uh, I promised myself this. I got off, uh, we had this guy, he was uh, an ER doctor, and I, for the life of me, I, I feel so bad because I thought he was retarded, and I don't even think that's a PC word to use. Yeah, I was going to say, you can't say that. I, I just did. You can't say that word. <laughs> we'll know. get, send the emails to Jim this Hoffman. This is, yeah, don't send me any emails, exactly, that's what will happen. Are you kidding me? So, so how could he even pick that co-host? But um, yeah, no, he was saying I'm butyrol, a butyrol. I need it like like you know Rain Man, and then he say oh. EpiPen, EpiPen, and I'm like, if you could say that whole word, you don't need it. Uh, but uh, we picked him up off the. Uh, he had finished. He had run the thing. He had finished. He had been there with a, a family member who was screaming at us that we weren't doing enough. And um, after lifting this guy's butt, who is easily, I'm not a big guy, you know, uh, I'm 5'8 or so, so this guy must have been 6'2". We put him on a longboard. He's like one of those ones that stretch off both sides of the longboard. Oh, yeah. yeah. And all of a sudden, I, all the people I had to lift this guy up off the law on the longboard were gone. So it was me and the other guy. And I'm like, what the? So we pick his ass up. And let me tell you something. My back was screaming. So during that whole thought was a was during that whole incident was a a small personal thought I had in my head that I've earned a, a shot of nice whiskey and uh, uh, Vicodin. Yeah. And let me tell you something. The two don't go too badly together. Yeah. I'm now feeling in less pain than I was before. Oh God. <laughs> So you can't hurt me now, Jim. Your words won't hurt me. They're only words. All right. Mr. Well, Tolerance. Um I guess we'll you know what Josh, we'll cut it we'll cut it short tonight because I know you had a long day. Um and I and I don't want to go too much into it. Like I said, tonight I I started out with the with the one thing we talked a little bit about the topic earlier in the show and I kind of you know, drew off back and forth a little bit, but um I don't know, I just thought some, some, and I think that the the compassion and complacency also ties into the whole uh, direct hemetic thing, too. But I'm going to try to get a hold of them to maybe get on the show in the coming weeks, and maybe we can... Well, uh, wait a second. Why do you feel that, that that complacency and compassion go direct uh, in... Why would that even be a part of that, direct hemetic? Well, because, it, because I think that if... You are the person that's very passionate for EMS. You're not looking to take a shortcut. But so you think it's a shortcut? 
I do. I do think it's. I do think it's a shortcut. You know, I don't. You know, because you're not. You're not getting. You don't have. You're getting into without any experience. Um, you know, you just. It's just. But if you go into school. being an EMT, you're going into being an EMT without experience. If you go into being a doctor, you're going to be in a right, doctor. But, but you're getting out. But you're getting out of this so without any experience at all. You're going. You're going to come out of it looking to get a paramedic no. job. Yeah, but you're coming. What you're saying is that with you're coming into it with no nine one one experience. Not even nine one experience. Even just patient care. Even just your basic um, get on the ambulance but, type thing. I mean, listen. You know, it, it, the thing is too. I, I'm always split on this. And we've talked about that before in the past too. I'm always I've always been split with. Uh, should you be allowed to be an EMT, go right to medical school, or should you have to have, you know, go through one refresher first before you can become a paramedic? The only reason I'm always been split because you say, okay, what exactly is it that's so you know, so important that EMT is sacrosanct? Right. Absolutely. You know and, what I mean? The, here's one of the things. So, you know, I was looking at another post, and I think it was a post about ambulance drivers or whatever. It's not even uh, of consequence. The important thing was is that there's an aspect. Oh, yes, I remember. It was one of the parody uh, articles about getting rid of the AEMT. Uh-huh. And they were basically talking about, you know what, we should be getting rid of the EMT and just having everybody a medic. Yeah. And, you know, when you, when you step back from that, you know, everybody who's a paramedic, under, most people who are paramedics, understood what it took to get there and, and were in the field at one point looking up to all the things a paramedic could do. But really, the, the real enlightenment came when you, when you transformed from EMT to paramedic and you just felt more capable to handle the emergencies you were sent to because the truth of the matter is is that you're sent to the same bullshit whether you're a medic or an EMT, but it just has a different name, and it just depends what your level of operations are at, yeah. what you can do. And so, you know, what I'm, what I'm basically trying to get to with that point, Jim, is to say, People start out at whatever level they start out at. Why? What? At what point? Because we have that division of labor, is it really sacrosanct that you go immediately to the higher no, level? And I, I can't argue with it, Josh. Like I said, I, I don't know. Maybe it's because I felt that I had to have that before I became a medic. Um, you know, I, well, I, I can't argue with you that, that 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 should be the case because you're right. There's a lot. Most jobs, you don't have to have some kind of experience, um, you know, before you get in, before you get the job. You'll start out at a low level, you'll start at a lower pay, you'll start out um, being supervised more, but you're still starting out at that, at that job, you know. I mean, well. if you think about it, maybe the old union jobs where you started out as a journeyman and right, right. went to, right, you know, until you, but you're essentially doing the same job. You were exposed right. to the same thing. You just had a recognized level of expertise. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, but in medicine, they do the same. I wonder thing. if we should do First that. We should have everyone. residents. And maybe we should do that. Everyone should be a paramedic, and then you're a paramedic apprentice, paramedic journeyman. Um, maybe not all under all that up, but all, way up to, all the way up to wizard. <laughs> now I like it. Right? Yes. 
I am a wizard. <laughs> I am paramedic. I will bring back the dead. Paramedic. I am the paramedic wizard, master wizard. Right, right. Um, I know. can make your heart do the jig. Yeah, you can go all the way up to that. That's a, that's not a bad idea. I can stop it cold. I can make it dance. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, I mean, paramedic wizard. Instead right. of paramedic dash W. I think that's, I think, I think you got something there, Jim. I can make that work. I can make a web, I can make a fucking website on that. Paramedic wizard. I mean, come on. You know, I, listen, what's yeah. the first thing your med your EMT friends called you when you became a paramedic? A paragod. Yeah. You know? Okay, maybe a, maybe a paramedic. I'll make level the paramedic now to be uh, you could be an apprentice. OWL. And as you get to certain places, you get you get to increase your levels inside the membership. You could be an owl. Yeah. You could be you know. Kind of good stuff. I know it's a great freaking idea know. because I, I think it really pl place the the uh, importance on the skill level. Huh? That we all feel that is there. Right, right. Well, um, I guess, you know, well, Josh, I guess we'll end it the there. I, I want to... Uh, Paramedic wizard. Yeah. Let uh, us know how you feel. Yeah, do you, do you think... Could you be a wizard? I could be a wizard. Um, oh, the wizard is here. Ninja. Why a wizard? <laughs> Tell us. Jedi. Ninja, Jedi. Not looking for these droids. You know. Um... I want to remind everybody to follow Josh over on Twitter. He's at Wantanew on Twitter. The I am at the EMS best Safe. oxygen wrench made. Go ahead. I'm at EMS Safe. Of course, the blog, um, Facebook page is at facebook.com forward slash EMS Office Hours. Josh is at forward slash Wantanew. And, of course, I am at forward slash the EMS Professional all on Facebook. Um... Thanks to Tina for joining us and listening in. I appreciate that. John, of course, in the chat room as well. Check out John's podcast on Saturdays. He's yeah, John, I don't like your suggestion, by the way. I'm going to say that because you never joined the phone call and you're just putting that in the chat room. So, yeah. you. John is John is over at 1 Union 801, the webcast. Go check him out on Saturdays to his, his podcast there. I know he's got a veterans-focused um, podcast coming up soon. And who served. Yeah, so we'll we'll get that up there soon. Um, Bring you the cappuccino to your table. I don't know about that. <laughs> so go check out John's podcast there. Tina's podcast is on, um, actually, 3 o'clock, I believe, is her podcast, normally on um, Blog Talk Radio as well. Uh, Christ. Oh, my God. I had the freaking link. I lost it. Damn you know, it. you are, you must be a wizard. I know, I lost you're not. Mind. You're not at the ninja level or the Jedi, Jedi. You know, and how about that? Would that be confusing to the public that, like, hey, I'm a paramedic wizard. Oh, my God, I'm saved. Well, actually, I'm just the first level. You can yeah. get Jedi or I. You can get you know, Jedi or, yeah, right. I can't find her. Oh, well, I'm sorry, Tina. I had to... I'll find yeah, Tina's link. Sure. I'll put it up What's on the link? show notes. Yeah, I, I, I was thinking I had it, and I have to get them. I got to well, get that. Uh, well. so, you know. All right. Um, we'll get it. I don't know what John's talking about. That and the Paramedic Chronicles. Uh, you know. Oh, maybe you're on? 
a paramedic. How do they let you into these places? Don't they have bouncers, John? Yeah, no. Crying out. Paramedic Chronicles, Saturday night. Anyway, um, he's, he's lurking in the uh, shadows with the raincoat, trench coat. Oh, Saturday you know night. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which is kind of scary because he's a tall guy. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, that's pretty much it, guys. Uh, that'll be it for tonight. Like I said, next week, guys, be sure to join us. We're going to a nice show. We got a couple of good guests coming on, talking about aphasia um, and a pretty cool story from one of our own. Um, that uh, uh, you know had some issues and uh, you know, one of our own rose above it. Yep. So join us next week for that. It should be a pretty interesting, I think, and cool show um, for that. Uh, some other shows coming up, you know, including talking about uh, the secret list that we all keep in EMS uh, in our pockets in the front of the ambulance that we all kind of tuck away, um, and we'll talk about that on further shows as well. So. All right, I didn't know you could mention the secret list. I'm a little bit scared. Well, we're not going to tell you really. This. We're going to talk about how we have secret lists and who has them, who keeps them, who's in charge of them, and and why. Because the public knows, but I guess we should just talk about it on an EMS show. And yeah, okay, all right, I'm good for that. So, all right, so that's it, Josh. I guess we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, my friend. Alrighty. Anyone know uh, any questions, comments, concerns, be sure to send them over to me. My email is jhoff at emsseo.com. Uh, any ideas for the show, send them over to the same email address or tweet it over to me at emssafe. You can direct message me if you like or just tweet it out. And uh, we'll try to get a uh, show going with a topic that you are interested in in EMS. So until next week, guys, as always, Jim Hoffman for EMS Office Hours. Stay safe.